Welcome back to Match Day Matinee. Each week, we take a look at the cinematic takes on the beautiful game and rank them. My name is Mark Gilaram, and join, joining me today is the man who I recently learned uh, punched an eight-year-old in the face Whoa. because he was <laughs> he was having a laugh at his expense. Uh, this is Adam Ducker joining me as always. How's it going, Adam? Good, apart from you airing my dirty laundry on the internet, but sure. I mean, it was nearly 20 years ago now. 30 yeah. years ago, even, actually. We should add the caveat that it was it was 20 <laughs> years ago, but I mean, inconsequential details. Yeah. Joining us today is our guest, uh, Chris Keem. Chris Keem is the CEO of the Oahu League of Youth Soccer. Uh, Chris, we met you when you were the GM of our local lower league club, North Mississauga. Uh, you did a phenomenal job of raising the bar there, raising the standards of that organization. Uh, you can see the crest there on Adam's jersey. But uh, great meeting you. We've kept in touch and we're so happy to have you on the show today. How's it going? Good. Good. Nice to be here. Nice shirt, Adam. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I didn't have that one. That's the one I won, but I never got oh, it. So. so nice. <laughs> so, so give it to us. We can see a bit of the the background there. I know you told us yes. that's your actual deck in Hawaii, but yes. what are the what are the major differences between Mississauga and Hawaii? If there's any? Oh, you know. Yeah, a little bit of water, a little bit, a uh, little bit of heat. You know, it's, it's fair. Enough. You know, Mississauga has seasons. There are no seasons there unless you go to Target or uh, Starbucks. Then you know there's a, a different season coming up. So, uh, yeah, pumpkin spice, baby. Pumpkin spice. There you go. Well, they got the nice apple macchiato ones that aren't too bad right now. So that's not bad. That's good year round. Yeah. But so, what yeah. was your, what was the move like for you moving to Hawaii and taking on that new role? Uh, it was weird because it's uh, smaller than the whole league's smaller than North Mississauga. So uh, there's only 4,500 players, but uh, we get to play all year outdoors. That's right. We do play futsal, so that's a little weird that uh, we have indoor soccer there, uh, or indoor version of a game of soccer, which costs a lot of money because outdoor soccer is cheap. Um, yeah, you're not playing on turf, but there's no lights, so everything's during the day. So uh, we only play games on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting because the biggest club has 700 kids, you know, yeah. the biggest club in Ontario has got over 10,000 kids. So it's a, a much bigger <laughs> difference in, in to deal with, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's kind of on that topic. What's the soccer culture like in Hawaii? Uh, it's very athletic culture. So, uh, you know, you see a lot of NFL players and whatnot. Uh, there was a study done by top drawer soccer last year or two years ago on the amount of division one, uh, soccer players. Hawaii's got the most per capita on the girls' side. We, we've got a good fair amount of professionals coming through on the men's side as well. And on the women's side, uh, in the NWSL and overseas and whatnot. Oh, nice. So we actually do quite well for how many kids we have registered to play soccer. So um you know there's some great little talent out there you know being uh really close to asia uh you know the teams go to japan and whatnot a lot as well instead of just coming to the u.s or mexico to play games so uh they travel a lot but it's, it's very it's very interesting so yeah i'm guessing like the destination itself is kind of it's uh it's an appealing move for a lot of people that want to play professional soccer even semi-professional right the environment yeah. itself of being in hawaii yeah. and like I mean, you're saying playing yeah, if we had a team, that'd be great. That's like what we're trying to get to at some point. You know, try to form like a six-team league, kind of like League One or or USL Two or NPSL. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how well that's going to happen, but we're trying things with the the youth side of things to create a state league with various islands. There's four islands really that have leagues. Uh, we're the biggest one. We make up ninety-four percent of all the registered soccer players in Hawaii. So uh, yeah, we're trying to work it out with them and 
Yeah, eventually, a couple of years from now, maybe that will happen. That would be good. Give the kids a, a place to play that are from the island. We have a whole bunch of people, I'm sure, that want to come fly in and play in a summer league. Yeah, Ooh, definitely. Yeah. Wouldn't want to play in Hawaii. I think the last uh, professional team that you guys had was Team Hawaii in yeah. NASL in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. They had sweet jerseys, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, yeah, that's like what, 40 or 50 years ago now, I want to say. Yeah, like the 80s. Yeah, late 70s, early 80s. I think they were only around for one year. I think one the season. athletic... 77, yeah, 78, I want to say. Wasn't it? Yeah, okay. The Athletic did an article on them. So it was really, uh, oh, really? really interesting to read that this past year while I was, while I was there. So, yeah. yeah, they do amazing work. Uh, so let's get to yeah. tell you, which club do you support? Liverpool. Liverpool? Why is that? Yeah. Um, well, craziness. When I was 12, I want to say, was, um, I was at a soccer tournament, saved up all my money to buy a soccer jersey at the soccer tournament, indoor soccer tournament, again in university, because I knew every year there was the soccer store there. Um, and there are two jerseys and, uh, that I really liked and it was a purple one and a red one. And the red one was the old equipment, a, and the old Adidas equipment, a, and the old Adidas equipment B. So the stripes here or the stripes just down this way. And, uh, so I could have been an Anderlecht fan or a Liverpool fan. So, uh, (laughs) 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 so that's, uh, how it came. So the old candy Liverpool Jersey. And then, yeah. uh, for some reason in Erie, Pennsylvania, soccer was a big deal. Uh, Gannon and Mercyhurst college are there and they were top four, uh, in NCAA division two. So a lot of foreign kids, they had soccer magazines in the grocery store, which in the late eighties, early nineties, if you go anywhere in the U S no one had soccer magazines, but somehow they had uh, like match of the day and Liverpool oh, wow. was in the FA cup. And they had, cool. I was like, Oh, that team that I have their Jersey for, uh, I'll just get this magazine and got all the posters and hung them up in my house. And yeah, that's pretty much how I that's gotta that. be like a, a store owner who's an expat or something just keeps it stocked it was, on the shelf for whatever reason. And it was literally a giant Eagle. So basically like a 14 O's type grocery store. Just <laughs> that's interesting. Somebody worked that deal. Yeah. Someone did. Uh, what's the highest level of football you've played? Uh, college soccer. So which college, uh, Buffalo state. Right. And you were also part of the, was it FC Buffalo at one point for NPSL? Uh, used to be called FC Buffalo. Um, or not FC Buffalo. It's called FC Buffalo now. It was called Queen City when I owned it. Uh, I was the owner oh. along with four other guys from my college. And uh, we played we play for a national championship in 2007. So uh, wow. we sold it in 2009, I want to say, to a group that moved over from England. And then they sold it on to FC, the guys who called it FC Buffalo. So uh, it started back in 2006 and it's been going ever since. And uh, Nick does a great job with FC Buffalo. They've been around for what, 10 years now or something like yeah. that. And that's so, the NPSL. NPSL, yeah. Same league as um, Detroit City FC, I think it is. Yeah, Detroit City was in it. Uh, I moved on to work for the leagues so of Detroit City. I brought in Chattanooga, I brought in, uh, oh, I brought right. in a lot of the MLS teams before they formed a deal with the USL. So I had brought in Chicago Fire, DC United's um, team and uh, New York Red Bulls. And uh, so it was really cool to bring all those teams in. Uh, then they formed that deal and they all had to leave to the uh, USL uh, league. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting career. Then I moved yes. to Canada and uh, <laughs> worked for some pretty large youth clubs here and, and worked my way up and uh, became the head guy, the operations manager, general manager of uh uh, three different clubs here and uh, got lucky to get back into the semi-pro game with North Miss along with the other parts of the organization. And I thought we did some really cool things. So That's very cool, man. I'm sure it won't be long until Amazon comes knocking for a 
documentary yeah. series about your life. Oh, yes. sure. <laughs> I mean, if Don't Jamie Vardy me. can do one about, um, <laughs> what is it, Rochester NYFC <laughs> know, or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, whatever the rhinos are called now, yeah. The Rochester so, Raging Rhinos? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it will be called Don't Work in Youth Soccer if you want to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want blood pressure pills, get out Maintain of your uh, sanity. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's cool. Oh, we were lucky to have you at, at Saga for a while there. Um, one of the reasons we were lucky to have you there actually was because you brought on some pretty sweet kits. You signed a deal with Anaria. <laughs> Yes. Uh, is one of our favorite kit manufacturers located in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the kits that you had created while you were with North Mississauga is one that Adam has right on right now. Adam, what are you wearing today? Yeah. I'm wearing whatever season would be, 2019? 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And it is for like audio listeners. It's like the only purple kit I think I've ever liked. Um super cool unique design and the badge is just amazing just the way it's like this stamped yeah uh, like rubber thing it's polyurethane so, like, type embossed. thing yeah it's so nice yeah and it's that, just a uh, nice fitting kit that was just for working out that in. one there we yeah, go. it's got yeah. the i think the actual design itself is a north mississauga panther head and it's kind yes, of been like sublimated yeah. across yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome kit i wish it's i got that really one cool kit I, think yeah. you guys... I, keep, I keep asking for them just to make me one or two extra one. just because I want one. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's the only one I didn't get that I liked. I got the red slash one, but the river plate. The red, yeah, the river plate yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, Credit so river plate. One. yeah, but I spilled coffee in it or something. You know, something spilled on it on a recent trip and I opened up my suitcase and I was like, what the heck? So yeah, it's Frame all ruined. It. Yeah. Frame it and hide the stain. Exactly. Uh, Chris, you're also wearing an Aria, an Aria kit. I, I am. Yeah, we had them make uh, Hawaii kits, although they misspelled Oahu, so that kind of upset me and Ooh. made it very <laughs> hard to sell you. in. Uh, yeah, sell it or sell it in Hawaii made it very difficult. But this is the white and green and orange one that came out really nice. Same kind of logo, nice little very cool. extra unit logo. Um, so what yeah, did you guys so we, gave these, we gave these to our champions, our league champions. So there was this one, and then like a. a pink one as well that came out really nice pink and champagne so pink champagne right i was gonna say pink yes. gold, but yeah, champagne's a better descriptor of it no. uh as for myself i'm wearing the 2019 tfc authentic kit um haters will call it plain uh, i call it clean it's got details in all the right places uh, i love the color i'm not much for like a button collar if it rides up too high but this is almost like the perfect mid-neck length adam i think you have this kit as well right Yep, I bought it in a sale recently for like next to nothing. Um, Same here. It's a nice, it's a nice kit. Like you can tell the difference, right, with those authentic kits, the quality of them, and, oh, and the same as you. So I nice. usually, I usually hate button-up collars, but this one's kind of the right height. And even like if it's unbuttoned, it's not. It still looks okay and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice Doesn't, kit. Your, your chest hair is not popping out of it. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Perfect <laughs> fit. Yeah, it's, it's a large too, and usually like a TFC large is looks like it's painted on me. So this is. <laughs> I'm enamored with this kit 100%. And I'll never get tired of seeing that star on there. Um, and it's only on the authentic. So you got to get the authentic for that. Okay, boys. It's time to talk about this week's movie. So, Chris. Yeah. From day one, you've been telling us you got to do Mean Machine. Yeah, you have to. You have to do Mean Machine. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're doing Mean Machine, Chris. It took us three yeah. seasons, but we got there. I know. Uh, it's been long enough. Long overdue. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bother you <laughs> later on about why you made us review this. You didn't make us review this. You suggested it a few times. 
Yes. Uh, we have lunch. So this is Mean Machine. Uh, it was released on Boxing Day 2001 at a budget of two and a half million pounds. Adam, help me on the conversion on that one. Uh, Canadian dollars, it would be... U.S. Let's say U.S. Four, oh, U.S., like four something. Four million? Yeah. That's not bad. So it had a box office take of seven and a half million U.S. Uh, so it more than broke even. I'm sure they didn't put too much of a marketing budget into this, so not too bad. Um, this is a remake based on 1974's Longest Yard, starring Burt Reynolds. Uh, that film was remade a second time in 2005, starring Adam Sandler. Both of those featured American football as opposed to association football. How familiar are you guys with the, those films, Adam? Not seen either of them. No? Chris? Uh, the original, yes. Uh, obviously, that's a classic. So, yeah, that was like a social commentary type movie uh, back okay. in the day. But you haven't that. seen the remake? No. That's interesting. So I've seen the remake yeah. with like Adam Sandler, Burt Reynolds yeah. who came back for it. Yeah. Uh, Bill Goldberg, a bunch of other kind of like mm-hmm. 2005 action stars. Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting mix up. So I've seen the uh, remake. Chris, you've seen the original. Adam, you've seen neither. So this should be interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so this is the lone directorial feature by Barry Skolnick. Uh, he would not work again until 2009 when he directed a series called 10 Minute Tales. And I've never heard of it, but if you look at it, it's got a bunch of uh, really well-known British actors. Timothy Spall is in it. Peter Spall or Timothy Spall? Timothy. Timothy Spall. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Timothy Spall's in it and a, a bunch of other Harry Potter-ish actors. Uh, this was produced by Ska Films, who I hadn't heard of uh, until I did some Googling, and I found out that Ska was actually the precursor to Marv Studios. Uh, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with Marv Studios. That's the Matthew Vonback studio. Uh, they've produced like an amazing roster oh, of films. Okay. Uh, they've Matthew done... Vaughn's names are in the credits somewhere on there. Exactly. Yeah. Them. He's yeah, one yeah, of the producers on here. So okay. uh, Marv Studios has done Eddie the Eagle, which is another great sports film. Uh, Longstock, obviously. Kick-Ass, Kingsman, uh, Rocketman, Rocketman, the recent Elton John movie. Uh, of course, Layer Cake and Stardust, which is another great uh, British comic book fantasy movie. Not sure if you guys have seen it, Chris. If you haven't seen it, watch that one with your daughter. I've She'll appreciate seen it. most of them, yes. Don't yeah. forget Snatch. You're missing that one. Snatch is in there as well, yeah. 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 That was directed by Guy Ritchie, right? Yeah. yeah. Snatch and Longstock and he's uh, making else. Yeah. I think there's also Rock and Roll. I don't know if I've seen that. I said that one, but that's another one. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, love that one. Mm-hmm. Cast time. Vinnie Jones as Danny Mean Machine Meehan, former England captain <laughs> who winds up in Longmarsh Prison after a drunken car chase with police. Uh, Vinnie Jones, I don't, know if, I don't know if he needs a major introduction, but he had a 15-year career between 1984 and 1999, uh, most prominently at Wimbledon. He's well-known for Mean Machine, but I'd say his most famous home video appearance might be 1992's Soccer's Hardman. Uh, a bit of a how-to video and somewhat of a highlight reel of soccer violence. And his appearance ended up getting him a six-month ban and a 20,000-pound fine. Do you guys remember this videotape? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Was it like um, notorious among you and your friends at that age, passing it around? And... Um, I remember somebody having a copy for sure, and us not okay. being allowed and wanting a copy, but not being allowed it. Like my parents not letting me. Okay. We definitely watched it at school and like end of term, like or Christmas in or class? something. Like someone brought, yeah, someone brought it in and <laughs> popped it on. Said, "Ah, oh, the football highlights," and all the girls being like, "Ah." Oh. 
Um, but the t- that's one of those things where the teachers are like, okay, whoever wins the vote, we watch, and then the teacher just walks off and doesn't think. It was like a don't really? do, don't do what Timmy don't does uh, instructional yeah. video. I'm pretty sure it was this one. Like 99% sure it was this one. Chris, you've seen it? Yeah, not a long time ago. Just an old bootleg copy of it. Okay, yeah. I've got to seek it out. I miss those yeah. days when your friends would have like, one of my friends had like a, it was the mid nineties. So he had the nine inch nails backstage concert VHS belonging okay. to his older brother. <laughs> and you would all gather around on like the one random TV in his basement. Cause you know, his parents wouldn't walk by. And mm-hmm. I miss the days of like lured VHSs. Um, so violence, does that fall into the dark arts or is that term more reserved for like diving and general like shithousery? No, they were dark arts. That's dark arts. What they were doing. Yeah. Cool. And again, like the whole shameful VHS thing is a bit hilarious to me because Around the same time, every single Canadian had a copy of Rock'em Sock'em Hockey, like yes. kicking around their VHS collection. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's different sides of the ocean, but we uh, we mm-hmm. we have our parallels. Uh, Jones's Hollywood career continues to this, to this day, and it's perfectly fine. It's not great, but it's good enough. Um, I do think whenever he pops up, he creates memorable moments, though. Uh, for me, the yeah. Man United fan club president in Eurotrip is probably <laughs> my favorite moment of his. Yeah. Uh, but his turn as Juggernaut in X Men Part Three was fun as well because he said the line from the meme. Uh, any favorite moments? Any other Vinnie Jones mo- movies for you guys? I'm sure Longstock. There's got to be one. Yeah, Lockstock. Oh gosh. Um, Is it Lockstock or Longstock? What have I been saying? Lockstock. Lockstock. Lockstock and two smoking barrels. Two smoking barrels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm getting mixed up with Pippi Longstock here. That's all right. <laughs> oh gosh. No, just when he comes out with the two big like guns, like big shotguns, yeah, that's just awesome. <laughs> okay, my favorite mode is we've got the two beer bottles, and he opens up with, with his eyeballs in Hero <laughs> Trip. Uh, I think that was my introduction to Vinnie Jones, actually. Yeah. Hero Trip. So, wow, really? I've been wow. a, a fan of him since. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Come on, man, like the crazy gang, man. He's probably oh. crazy gang. <laughs> actually, he was in. And the car chase at the beginning of this movie reminded me, but he was in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it reminded me of that. But yeah, so that's, that's actually, that's probably the first time I saw him, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, we get Jason Statham as Monk, a maximum security inmate who's killed 23 men with his bare hands. And that was before he learned karate. Um, what to say about Jason Statham in this movie? It's one of his first appearances. And I think he, he does a great job. I think he showed in this movie that he could probably lead his own series. Oh, yeah, for sure. He has a bunch of like steam, see, uh, scene stealing moments, doesn't he? For sure, especially during the game. Um, yeah, he's really good. He was obviously out of all of the cast of players, he's like one of the standout ones, right? Yeah, every time he pops up, it's kind of a marquee moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show was in store too for his future. He became the face of the Transporter franchise, uh, a major part of Fast and Furious, and also Expendables. Expandables, yeah, yeah. Which was led by Escape to Victory star Sylvester Stallone. That's another prison guard versus inmates movie. Uh, Danny Dyer as Billy Limpet, the lovable idiot. And honestly, (laughs) I have no idea how this guy became the face of like football hooliganism media. Like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, based on this performance? No. I'm saying he was in Human Traffic. Yeah. He played like a pillhead in Human Traffic and an absolute idiot. Okay. And it's just really weird how he seemed to bulked up a tiny little bit, got a bit, grew up a bit, and just suddenly became a hard man. 
And suddenly he's like, oh, I'm Donnie Dyer. And he's walking around. I'm I'm here in Belfast. Let's see what's going on. It's like, yeah, okay. So it's not just me. Um, We also get the wonderful David Kelly as Doc, an elderly inmate who will learn his tragic, he has a tragic backstory. Uh, Voss Blackwood does a bang up job as massive. Danny's personal hype man and assistant Mm -hmm. manager. Yeah. Uh, David Hemmings as the governor, uh, who I know is a prolific English actor, but his filmography is just completely foreign to me. Um, but his eyebrows are certainly a choice in this movie and raise lots of questions. Does he actually style them that way? Um, Maybe. And I've seen a couple of guys in Canadian soccer, a couple of guys on uh, the leadership levels that have these kind of eyebrows. And they're certainly a conversation piece. So I just want to table that for later. Um <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to Sally Phillips as Tracy, who is literally the only woman in this movie. Is she legit the only woman? Yeah, pretty much. Non-background character, because there's a few women in the crowd at the soccer game, but she is literally the only female character in this movie. Jesus, this film does not pass the Bechdel test, which is, can two women have a conversation, not including men? There's only one woman in this movie, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it doesn't count. Any thoughts and comments on the cast before we move on? I also like uh, Ralph Brown, who's the, uh, what's his name? Is it Burton? I think um, the uh, prison officer. Yeah, the lead Burton, prisoner. Right? So Burton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They actually, the prison guards are actually really great characters. There's also Ratchet. Yeah, Ratchet, who's Gary Wackett out of uh, Mike Bassett. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the hell is his name? I've got it written here. You got the Bobs. The announcer guys, Bob. Bob and, uh, oh, yeah. Bob. Bob and Bob, yeah. Jason yeah. Fleming. He's also yeah. in a bunch of uh, movies. Yeah, he's in there. He's in the Lock, Stock, Snatch, and all those yeah. guys. So yeah, he's awesome. also an X Men. He was in the, yep. the X Men after Vinnie Jones. Mm-hmm. Those okay, we'll get to Footy Flicks, but those two guys, yeah. Bob and Bob, highlighted the movie for me. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, they are. They definitely are. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the plot. Unless you guys want to point out any other characters, you'll have the opportunity to later on. Yeah. I'm going to keep this short. If you guys want to interrupt anything so you don't forget about it later on, go for it. But I'm going to keep this to about two and a half minutes. Danny Mean Machine Meehan is a retired former captain of England, uh, now banned for life from the game he loves for his involvement in a match-fixing scandal on the international level. This leads Danny to the drink, and after a frenetic drunken police chase, Danny ends up sentenced to three years in Longmarsh Prison. Danny's celebrity status gains him unwanted attention in the prison, especially from a governor who's pulled strings to get him there with the intention of having him manage the guard's football club. Meehan declines at first, but is persuaded by Doc to reconsider and counteroffer with the proposal of a guards versus inmates showdown. As Danny begins to build his side, we meet the inmates of Longmarsh, including the elderly Doc, fast-talking but friendly massive, eager to please Billy the Limpet, high-strung Nitro, and Maniacal Monk. We're also introduced to Sykes, a courtyard kingpin who holds ill will towards Danny for the aforementioned fixed match in which Sykes lost a fair bit of cash. Through a series of violently comedic and poignantly violent scenes, the inmates begin to rally around Danny and thus Mean Machine FC is born. For everyone but Nitro, that is, who's been attempting to earn a spot on the club with the intentions of being a mole to the guards. As retaliation, he places a bomb in Danny's cell, but instead of shutting down Meehan, he kills lovable old Doc just moments after we learned about Doc's sympathetic backstory. So it tugs at the heartstrings right at the right moment. Things go south for the governor of the prison, the uh, actor with the crazy eyebrows, uh, when he bets on a bum horse race and Sykes convinces him to take a bet with his bookie for the upcoming prison match, favoring the guards to win. 
So at this point, we've hit the 60 minute mark of Mean Machine, and I'm going to hit pause on the plot so we can discuss all this before we get into the footy flicks portion of this. Chris, since episode one, you've been requesting Mean Machine. What is it about this movie that struck such a chord with you? Um, well, it's not the first half. The prison kind of stuff is kind of generic, but there's some cool scenes. Like when you first uh, when he first comes into the prison and he's walking up the stairs, it's like him walking up the tunnel, the way it's all quiet. And, you know, it's, he's like going into the away fans, into the lion's uh, bed. And it's just like, okay, okay. and then they're chanting at him. And it's kind of, you know, that scene's kind of cool to me. Um, okay. I like that metaphor. I didn't see that metaphor when I yeah, watched. I've watched this movie a million times. So even before you guys sent it to me, I'm like, I already have it on DVD. Now. I'm good. <laughs> kind gesture but i have my special edition blu-ray my steel book i was watching it my laser disc i was like you're sending me the american version i have the theatrical release i'm good i have the english version what are the differences if there are um a little bit of differences between uh just adding an american uh, language to it so uh the americans can understand some things that weren't quite easily understood Uh, from the british version so interesting Yeah, just that. a few things, just a few phrases. It's not a lot, but it just helps. But uh, uh, get the American version on any future British films. <laughs> so I don't have to learn what pastels are. I think are. you gave me the American version. I can't remember. I, I when I started watching, it, I was like, "Wait, I have the theatrical version. I'll just watch it." The huh. DVD, you can set it to either one on the DVD. So yeah. Oh, that's. Cool. I know there's a slight difference, but not much. But yeah, no, the it's like a very generic kind of prison movie. Like for the first hour, you know, it's, it's whatever it is what it is. But, you know, we used to watch it on the bus to away games all the time. It was one of the movies that we always oh, got. And that's why I was like, you have to watch it. And just the yeah. soccer scenes were hilarious. And that's why, you know, it, for me, it's one of the better soccer playing movies just because it's so funny uh, when they actually get to the soccer side of things and uh, the football side of things. And, uh, you know, we had a kid at Buffalo State when I was coaching there uh, as an assistant coach, he was Billy the Limpet and we would just call him <laughs> Billy the Limpet all the time. <laughs> Poor Joey, like the sweetest kid ever, just like Billy, but you know, about as useless as, as Billy sometimes, but he did score once in a while, but you know, he looked like him, he played like him and we were just always bagging on him. But you know, it, you know, the, everything about the first hour. Yeah. Eh, it's okay. I mean, they try it's, it's very generic, but you know, they were doing it for mass appeal and you know, that's why like they couldn't make another lock stock and two smoking barrels or snatch. Those were too violent pretty much. And this was yeah. kind of violent, but not nearly as violent as those two. But uh, uh, see, that's the interesting thing about the violence in this movie. It's so uneven. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where it's playing like really poignant music where it's like mm-hmm. sad cello and a guard is being racist and beating up a guy and you're supposed to feel really bad about everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. But then 10 minutes later, they're beating up Billy Limpet for like comedic value. Yeah. And they're like, Billy, get up again. And they <laughs> knock him over. And then, Oh, when they're doing like the rough play, the tricks. When they're, yeah. When they're like the tricks. That's is yeah. violence, that's right there. Is violence <laughs> bad or is violence good in this movie? It's kind of confusing, yeah. right? Yeah. Adam. Yeah. I kind of feel the same. Like that Chris kind of summed up well, that generic, it almost feels like, they wanted to find every single prison cliche they could possibly fit into an hour before they actually come to the football. It just, and you get lost amongst it. I almost feel like it would have benefited from having less players that we are supposed to care about or like less stories to tell because it tells a whole bunch of, it's got a whole like crew and it's like an hour is not long enough. Like if this was a series, you could learn about all those characters. 
Like it's got as big a cast as someone like Ted Lasso that doesn't give any time to any of them because it's got to get to Vinnie Jones having his moment being the captain on the pitch. Um, and then, yeah, those... So you mentioned the one, like the racist fight, but then I also struggled to get too emotive about Doc's story, about why he was there and his yeah. regrets, because I was like, tonally, this doesn't fit in here. No. Um, but yeah, you're talking about you... the, same, the same film where Vinnie Jones gets put in solitary confinement and starts doing tricks with a tennis ball rather than <laughs> pondering anything about why he's there or anything. Someone slips him a tennis ball and he starts doing like keepy-uppies and putting it behind his head and stuff. And it's just like... It's so weird. It's like a talk about like whiplash between different tones. It's crazy. Yeah, they they try to emulate like Shawshank in some scenes, but then at the same time they try to emulate like inappropriate, hasn't aged well, don't drop the soap in the shower type comedies, and yeah. it's it doesn't work. Um, it's really pedestrian too, but at the same time it's a remake, so they they they're literally not trying to tread new ground here. That's um, true. Yeah. Remake this like a vehicle for Vinnie Jones to kind of be a lead in his exactly. own right, I guess. Yeah, up then, until this point, it's kind of been ensemble like gangster movies and stuff. Yeah, I think it was Matthew Vaughn and Guy Ritchie, the two of them that kind of said, like, let's make a movie for Vinnie Jones. Yeah, which I mean, man, I wish I had friends like that. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> drop uh four and a half million on a movie just for me to be a star. But yeah. I don't know if I'd say it was successful in making Vinnie Jones a star, but it kind of it grew his name uh in household terms a little bit. Maybe yeah. less so than Eurotrip, uh, but that's debatable. Uh, <laughs> opening up the movie, we get that Umbro commercial, which I, I love. Yes, uh, so he kicks the I ball, wish, the car blows up. Yeah. I wish we had more of those commercials. I mean, Nike used to put out some great ones every yeah. couple of years before major tournaments. We don't see that anymore. Uh, TFC had one the other day I saw on TV where the guys were wearing full kits and they were using like Ryobi power tools to build a house or something like that. I have not seen that one. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, those are always charming when they come on. But yeah, so the the Umbro commercial in the beginning of this, loved it. The car chase at the beginning of the movie, did that not remind you of that DVD uh, opening scene when you would load up the DVD and it said, you wouldn't steal a car. Oh, you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> the car is driving around. Yeah, yeah one to one comparison on those, it's the exact same. Yeah. Um, any other scenes that stick out to you guys? I mean, obviously there's lots. There's the the scene where Danny starts to pick his team and you get the jumpers for goalpost scenes where he's running through the players. Is that even really necessary? Adam, you were saying, do we need to have this many characters? And that's almost like the second montage we get where we kind of get yeah. each player's playing ability. Is that way he's like ranking them, right? Based yeah. on the shot they take? Yeah. I could have It's just like you that. don't. You, need, you only need like three players or something that we care about. Yeah, and we've already seen that, that there's a group that everyone of Everyone has that a play. name that constantly gets mentioned. Like, in no real, like, there's Trojan. He doesn't really have any depth apart from the fact that he, can, he doesn't play a pass ever. Yeah. Things like that. It's just weird. Like, it's like, why? You could have combined some of those traits into one character. I was just going to say, and, you probably could have combined made, Raj and Trojan. Yeah, made him not passing yeah. something that's manifested in the reason he's in jail or something. You could have... I, I'm looking too deep. I, I think it was just another kind of guy movie. from Snatch and Lockstock that they were just like, yeah, just get the part of the crew here, this one yeah. too. So. That is the thing. Like a large part of this crew is just that. Yeah, it's that crew from something. those games, yeah, or from those yeah. movies, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you're saying, those didn't need to be fully fleshed out or even as much as they yeah. could fleshed out characters. Like that guy, Raj, there was another character in here who had kind of like a Chuck Liddell, like the, the Bohawk. You see him in one scene where he's lifting yeah. the barbell with one hand. That could have been another Raj character where you see this kind of uh, chubby mm. Iranian guy go for a bicycle kick, land on his ass, and that's all you need, right? You don't need to 
have him introduce as another cellmate. Uh, so yeah, they could have clipped. You know what? They wanted to get to 60 minutes. I think it was. So they just introduced a lot of this stuff. But yeah, they could have built out a lot more of the story. And I think one storyline that probably could have been cut was the whole governor's betting scandal thing for me. Uh, There's a lot of whispering on the phone and wasn't really intriguing to me at all. I guess it was the only way to work in the... Uh, they want. They desperately wanted to work in the angle of him being involved in match fixing again, right? Oh, um, Danny. That's the other thing that's weird, because Danny goes to a jail basically for speeding, but every other past crime he's ever done is considered when he's uh, sentenced, and it's just yeah. like, he's done everything under the <laughs> sun. He's yeah. been done it, for yeah. violence before, <laughs> he's been done for match fixing, like all these other things. And yeah, the governor, that's the only way for that to really create any tension in that last game. Otherwise, the tension just becomes an actual football game, which would be unthinkable. Right? There has to be outside tension, I guess. They'd be playing for yeah. pride, yeah, and how dare they? Yeah. Chris, you're not defending this movie very much. Like I said, <laughs> the soccer part is the good part of the movie. So yeah, the first is... 60 minutes, not so much. My thing on why this movie should be looked at is because of the soccer movie, soccer part of the movie. Okay. <laughs> Leading Sorry, up to the soccer scene. About that. Leading up so... to it, I agree. Not that great. <laughs> One thing this kind of boggled my mind, but we got the training scenes with the guards and they're playing mm-hmm. that song um, Night on Bald Mountain, which is like this very imposing song. And mm-hmm. they look kind of like there's like fascist undertones to what they're doing. Yeah, and I buried my notes. Pain is temporary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wolf, so yeah. <laughs> okay, but why would Umbro have their branding all over this team? <laughs> they're training with like the big... Yeah, so it's, it's really yeah. weird that they were sponsored this movie, but... Yeah, they give the kits to the mean machine at the end, but they're also like plastered all over these like uh, fascist guards. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't know. And like the mean machine, there's aren't branded Umbro. Or they, they are uh, okay. when they get their kits. They are. Yeah, I think it eventually swaps right because the guards guards wear those kits. striped ones in the game in the yeah. match, which aren't. I don't think they have a brand at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then Me Machine gets actually some like really nice long sleeve yeah, kits black nice. kits. Yeah, muggled in. Yeah, they're pretty nice. Yeah. I'd be very surprised <laughs> if somebody hasn't reproduced a version of that for sale. I did a bit of Google searching, and you can find them, but it doesn't look like there's any current runs of them. But man, that would be something cool for like because the crest itself of Me Machine is the skull and crossbones. Yeah, with like a draped over banner, that would be something really cool for Kit and Bone to take on. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. like Kit and Bone Machine or something like that. So. We've hit the 60-minute mark. Is there anything yes. else you guys want to discuss within this movie? Leading up to this point? No. It's just an average oh, prison, yeah. prison movie like with tons of cliches and, uh, you know, Clichéd, cliche to me. Generic. Characters. Yeah, generic. Uneven. I think some things are of his time as well, actually, I thought about because um, we didn't really touch on Doc ends up dying because a dirty yeah. bomb is planted in Danny's room, right? Where the videotape. If this film had come a tiny bit later, because it was 2001, I don't think they would have included a dirty bomb because uh, there was like those London bombings and stuff in the underground that used dirty bombs and stuff. So it was just a weird thing that might have been a little bit too close to just casually throw into like a prison comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. And they go to great lengths, like show that crazy guy building the dirty okay. bomb on his bed. Nitro. Yeah, Nitro, yeah, that's it. That guy was insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Acted really they, well. <laughs> yeah. and it's interesting when they, they essentially section him, don't they, and send him to, um, 
They call it Broadhurst, which I guess is a mixture of Broadmoor and Parkhurst, which yep. are both actual, like, very rough prisons for the high security prisons for people that need to go to such places, I guess. Yeah. Um, they kind of trick him into going there, sign the paper, and then tell him that he's going. Um, yeah. That was another so, yeah. storyline that probably could have been cut out, but I think you needed yeah. to have uh, Doc's storyline end with him being bombed. Just so Doc's storyline was that he had a row with somebody in his neighborhood. Um, that guy was coming for him to get back at that guy. He was he threw a bomb through the guy's window. The guy's door was barricaded. He threw a bomb into the guy's window or left over a surplus army grenade. Uh, he threw into the guy's window and then turns out that guy's daughter... And his baby were home, 13-month-old baby, was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and all three of them died. That's why he gets sent to prison. He's there for his entire life. Uh, so I know they want to draw some symmetry with that and have him die by a bomb himself. But, man, too heavy-handed. Yeah. <laughs> Way sure. too heavy-handed. Okay, guys. Sounds like you want to get to the footy flicks of this. So because 30 minutes of this movie is is um, a soccer scene, I'm going to call this entire section footy flicks. I'm going to call an audible here and just say, this is our, our footy flick section. We won't go back and discuss it. So at the 60 minute mark, the match starts ramping up and I get pretty excited because I'm seeing there's over a third of the movie left going into it. Um, but this match really felt like a third of the movie. It was long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really long. And like, I'm just resigned at this point to, to admit to myself that you can't film a great soccer match in a movie. Um, it's just too continuous. Like the, the sport of soccer is just too continuous to c- try and follow an entire match scripted. Uh, and we've seen, I think in the best footy flicks throughout the f- first three seasons that we've done, it works best when you take one pivotal moment of the match that kind of flips the match on its head, whether it be a goal or a foul. And you just focus on that. Like Ted Lasso does that to perfection now, I think, but again, that's episodic. So they can take one moment from a match mm. and build an episode out of that. Uh, but we've seen movies do that too. Like summer of 92 did that with like a penalty shootout and uh, match ending, uh, stuff like that. Chris, you love the soccer scenes in this. Yes, I do. But, but it's kind of crazy. There was a, I think there's like one scene that I didn't love in the soccer side. I'll be honest. Okay. It had to do with the monk. He was just doing, it was too much of the monk's craziness in, in terms of his playing with the ball. Which was that? Was that when he uh, went out of net and just started yeah. dancing in front of the ball for some reason? Yeah, it, yeah. He they could have combined it with another one of his forays into what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple times he just dribbled with the ball. Like, okay, we know he's nuts. Like those little things where, you know, he's thinking of karate chopping and chopping everyone up and everything else. And he just catches the ball and he's diving all over the place. Those are hilarious, but uh, you know, come on at the end, you know, when you're, when you're getting into like mean machine turning heel or turning back from turning heel in the middle of the game, back to turning back into the good guy and setting up a uh, uh, Joey Olympic. Come on. You were like, yes, you, you know, you felt it. This is a, and this the is a, I've always liked Danny Dyer and this is a film I saw back in the yeah. day as well and so then when that ball gets played across to him it's, it was like yeah. yes and then the Get chanting in. you know when they're up you know one nil whatever the, the guards the chant, or not the guards yeah the guys inside and uh you know and obviously the commentary commentary makes the whole thing like those two guys come on he's one like, of my favorite parts of this, he's yeah. like oh he's ambidextrous I don't know about that but he sure <laughs> he's, he sure can use his left and right feet <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> come on, that's a classic line. But <laughs> and it's funny because it's like so on the nose. Like commentators do say dumb things all the time. Yes. Especially, you know, the second color commentators, and a lot of it just gets missed because it's so dumb. But they kind yeah. of do really good. a bit like how dodgeball does, right? Dodgeball is yeah. pretty good at some of those dumb. Uh, oh, right, Jason, 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 Jason Bateman. Yeah, I don't think dodgeball might be the best sports movie ever made. I will go out on a limb and say that comedy. I've yes. rewatched that. That's oh, sports comedy. Uh, I don't think that's the best well either. Probably not. None of those have. Yeah, no, but no. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it's just funny seeing like the ref in this game. <laughs> How he's trying to control the game and cards people, and then he doesn't card people. I'm like, yeah, like uh, how could that be a card? And <laughs> the guy just literally punched him right in front of him. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. <laughs> it's so strange. So yeah, so the scene with Monk where the ball kind of flies up in the air and he mm-hmm. looks at it for a second, and then he goes yeah. into this like psychotic fantasy where yeah. Marilyn Manson fight song starts playing, yeah. and then he just goes on a murderous <laughs> rampage where he smashes one guy's head against the post. Uh, and that's played for complete laughs when earlier in the yeah. film we saw a guard almost beat an inmate to death and you're mm-hmm. supposed to feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. In isolation it works, but no. Adam, what were your, yeah. some of your favorite parts of this match? Um, I really like the comments. So when Billy comes on, the like comedy reel of him being useless and it's set yeah. to uh, baggy trousers from Madness. It's just, I really like <laughs> Madness. And it's just like, it's just like, He's absolutely fucking useless and just so off the pace and like it's just so funny. Um, is he useless though? Well, ultimately not, I guess, because he has that finish. But so let's yeah, wrap he up. Has to, he has oh. to run around the ball to finish it. Come on, it looks like a yeah, six-year-old. Like <laughs> uh, so we'll wrap up the plot on this one. So the guards play the the mean machine. Uh, I'm just doing this from memory. Mm-hmm. I think it's one nil. Mean machine first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Guards tie it up. And then at this point, um, the governor tells Danny Meehan, you better lose this. I have money on the game. Uh, if you don't toss this, I'm going to uh, frame you for Doc's murder and say you were an accessory to murder because you knew that, uh, or we're going to say that you knew that the bomb was in your cell mm-hmm. and you sent Doc in there to be killed. Uh, his full term is three years for good behavior. He might get out in 12 months. So he knows... I don't want to be here for three years. So he begins to throw the match. Then they go down 3-1. Danny has a change of heart. Oh, after wait. You're getting, no, wait. So it goes 2-0. 2-1. Yeah. 2-0. Then 2-1. Yeah. Then 2-1. No, it goes to 2-1. You sure? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the match end, it ends 3-2. It's 2-2 until Limpet scores, the, until the goal goes in at the end. Yeah. Until Billy scores that goal. I, yes, I have it. One. I'll tell you what. I'll be you got honest. it. I have one nil to the mean machine. Billy yeah. gets his chance in midfield. Tro- Trojan finally passes the ball, and it's a second goal. And then that's when the, the two commentators said they might be locked in a cell for twenty three hours a day, but they have their freedom tonight. So at half, it's Dan- two one. But, da- but Danny does. It's one nil at halftime, and Danny doesn't celebrate that second goal going in. Um, and then that's when the monk pisses about doing his little things with his knees, and it becomes two mm. one. Um, and then Danny takes a fall at that point. Isn't that when it becomes 3 1? No, it becomes 2 1. No, the Mean Machine was winning at that point. Jesus, yeah, I just watched winning. this movie this afternoon. My memory sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it never, it never becomes 3 sworn. 1. Yeah. You know what? I was, two, two. I was yeah, binging uh, Ted Lasso and this at the same time. So, not literally the same time, <laughs> but in between. Um, I might have had the two mixed up. Dude, so it becomes no spoilers two, two, for Ted Lasso. From, 
Yes. So Ratchet gets the goal and makes it 2-2. 2-2. And everyone's despondent. And then that's when Danny, like his pride gets the better of him. Yeah. Um, he kind of gets that smug look off the governor and he kind of just decides, now nah, I'm going back on. And then that's when they get the, that's, that's when, when you see the Billy Lippickle. Yes. Well, they do actually, sorry, they score before that as well. Because they do make Buff. it 3-2 and then it's called for an earlier foul. Yeah. And they're all angry about that. Um, and that's when the guard gets kicked in the nuts twice with the ball. Yeah, no, once yes. in the nuts, twice, yeah. Yeah. right in the guy, right, right in the carrots and onions. Yeah, and then a handball at that point, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a half hour match. It's like it's like yeah. watching an actual football match. Trying to recall yeah. it is nuts. Um, so the Mean Machine end up winning three two. Yeah, correct. Correct. Okay. Billy rifles it in and let me entertain you by Robbie Williams plays. Everyone's ecstatic. You guys <laughs> you can tell it's Robbie a Williams. <laughs> <laughs> you never really caught on here, but you guys love Robbie Williams. Take that, right? Is that what it was? My girls cried at school take that split up like legitimately. Really? It was hilarious at the time. Rock DJ was a cool video. That's where he's like ripping parts of himself off. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Uh, Yeah. So the best parts of this match for me were the the commentary, Bob and Bob, Mm -hmm. uh, Rent Carrots and Onions, uh, Shamey's Useless Bob. There's just tons of stuff. They start fighting with each other when the fights break out. Um, Yes. Yeah, so it's awesome. For the third goal. <laughs> yeah, just before halftime, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other couple of cool things in here. I don't think we talked about the Sykes character too much, but he has some interesting moments in this. Sykes' whole thing mm-hmm. about the, the newspapers, uh, soaked in acid. So the governor oh, would bring right, in newspapers to yeah, yeah cross, crosswords on the newspaper, and then he would sell strips of the newspaper that were soaked in acid to, to prisoners. Was the governor in on that? Because it seems like when he was trying to spite him, he gave him the newspaper that had been rained on. So the acid would have run off. Mm, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe. Kind of picked up on that. Yeah, he seemed to know everything else that was yeah, going I think on. He so why not? As long as he's getting the horse betting information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, when yeah. the horse that he he bet on lost, that's when yeah. all of a sudden the newspaper got rained up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he might have been in on that whole thing. Yeah, the Sykes character for me was great, and he had the whole character turn. He had his like uh, Mia Culpa, mm. where he was uh, kind of riding Danny for the entire thing, and then he comes to his defense and tells him. You're not getting away with this to the governor. Uh, sets Danny free. And then the guards, after the match, they kind of have respect for the mean machine. Uh, Burton, the character you mentioned before, says, you're not going to frame him on my watch. They all kind of stick up for Danny. Um, but the thing is, Danny still has like 11 months in this jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> then tomorrow, the prison guard is going to be back on. Yeah, because the, the other guard, not not uh, Burton, what was the other guy's name? Ratchet? Ratchet, yeah. Yeah, he stomped on Ratchet's calf and like put him in the hospital. Yeah. So <laughs> that guy's still going to get out and be pissed about everything. Um, yeah. That great. great. Yeah, great misdirection with the final shot where <laughs> it looks like Danny's going to score, but of course, Billy, the useless limpet, um, gets his moment. Uh, and that wraps up the footy scene. Pretty good. Pretty bad. What's the verdict? I do like from a, on a technical point of view. I think the football's actually pretty good, and I don't know how they do some of it. I don't know. Like they play like the odd long range pass, and it would go to someone's foot, and they take it down. So I don't know. But they're always zoomed out, so I don't know if they're using they're extras that are actually players out. or something. They're zoomed or, out, and this is this is one other thing with the direction of this entire movie is that they use like. 10 cuts when two would do because there's even a moment where a player gets up mm. from a foul and there's literally four cuts in the moment he gets up. It's like they're taking different takes 
and they're mashing them all together. Even that scene with, so we, poor Tracy, we mentioned her once in the credits and we didn't talk about her again. Uh, she's the, the receptionist for the governor and she helps Danny Meehan out by giving him game tapes of the, the prison guards. Uh, but in exchange for that, she sleeps with Danny and I'm guessing they didn't want Danny to have a love interest, but they wanted to show that he could at least still get women. I'm not sure. Um, but there's the thing as well though, right? So like there's one woman in the whole film who happens to find Danny irresistible and needs to have him right there and then. And it's like, really? Like, yeah. yeah, the only, it's just like such a <laughs> misogynist view of everything. Oh, well, I, just, I just had a light bulb but I'm going to come back to it later. Um, so yeah, so used of Sally Phillips as well. Sorry, she's like English royalty. Like, it's been so she? many sitcoms yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. she was yeah. great in this. Yeah, yeah for what she, she did. Yeah, uh, she's in Smack the Pony. She was in the first season of uh, I'm Alan Partridge. She's just really good. Um, a whole bunch Green Wing as well. Mm-hmm. Part of that for a while. It's whole, she's been in so many, even really? if it's just yeah. guest appearances, a whole bunch of sitcoms. Skins mm-hmm. for an episode. Really? Yeah. Well, first couple episodes. seasons? Uh, I think the first season skins. I think I made it up to season four and then they did the whole cast change and I dropped off. Hmm. Um, but true. the but yeah. first four were great, yeah. Uh, so, okay, yeah, so the reason I brought her up is that scene where she is making out with uh, Danny Meehan, there's like four cuts from the point where she starts unbuttoning his shirt to the, when, the point where she kisses him. And yeah, just nonstop, and yeah, this director only create only made one movie, so I guess it's kind of a amateur on his part. Yeah, didn't know how to direct the scene properly, so it's like let's just get you to do everything twenty times, and it'll it'll work in edit. Somebody yeah. will figure out in post production. Yeah, yeah, and directorial wise, or like even just the way the movie was shot, there was all of that, but then there was a ton of wipes. In the movie, I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I was watching Star Wars at a lot of points. Like when you don't know how to cut to another scene, you just wipe across. Yeah, like a star wipe. Especially obviously during the prison thing, where it's literally jumping from cliche to cliche to cliche. Yeah, and then you get the wipe across. It's like, yeah, let's just wipe between each of these stories and get through them because we know all you want to do is watch football. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for the guys, one directorial film, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but like the movie was missing a lot of style. I found and like. Worse off too because it's it's produced by Guy Ritchie and Matthew Vaughn and like Guy Ritchie films like Lockstock and like Rock and Roller for me which is one of my favorite like British films. There's either like a ton of like high energy like just kinetic cuts where somebody's getting punched and it's slow motion for a second zoom in and out or there's like a lot of uh, like brutalist feeling to it or it just feels really raw and there was none of that in this film. It was all kind of like here's an elbow move on to the next scene. Is just completely lacking in that. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think that might be all of the footy flicks. Anything else you guys want to add? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's only one other thing I want to mention. Just after the footy flicks, when the governor's car blows up. Yeah. Because I guess he's yeah. been the, the he's getting caught up by his gambling debts. It looks like the whole prison is on fire, but it's just one <laughs> car that's blowing up, and it's just like, what the hell? Amazing. Because I was like, what's happened? Did they riot and blow up the whole prison? Like, no, but it was soaked in kerosene, right? Because we get that one scene yeah. where the, the bookie threatens um, the yeah, governor. He sniffs his car. Yeah. He goes out to his car and he sniffs it. And then there's a, a gas can in there with a bow on it and stuff like that. So yeah, the whole car was soaked in kerosene. Yeah, I suppose. It just looks weird, really weird because it plumes up and it like covers the whole expanse of the <laughs> skyline. It, it was like, like uh, 
And how about the really nice pitch at the prison? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But actually, so that brings me to another point. It's a really good book called uh, Manslaughter United, which is about a um, prison football team mm-hmm. and how they navigate. It's like a season in the life of this football team. It was at uh, HMS Kingston, which is sort of near Portsmouth a little bit. And they don't play on a grass pitch like this. They play on this. They play, I think they play on turf, but like horrible, like It'd be cement, first, ge- first generation turf. Oh, so they're actually playing on turf. Yeah, but like it's just not old, bad. like crappy turf where like you get burnt if you slide on it. Um, the prison film, this prison scenes were filmed at HM Prison Oxford, and the match was filmed at the Warren, former home ground of Yeeting. Am I pronouncing oh, that right? Yeah, okay. yeah, Which yeah, I think is thing. defunct now. Yeah, 2007, yeah. they went out of business. Hmm. All right. So, so yeah, it's weird how they have such a good pitch, but actually, the governor. That, Nah, that's covered because the governor talks about how much money he's plowed into the team, doesn't he? Yeah. So that presumably includes yeah. the facilities. Oh, look at their physio, like everything they've got. <laughs> facilities yeah. are like professional team grade stuff. Well, he does say <laughs> they play is a semi-professional league in the like southern in the division. Seventh, like the seventh tier or something like that, yeah. I swear that's what it said. Prison guards. I swear there's like a few Trinidadian clubs that are like police FC. I know there's like a Joe Public FC. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. They're Sheriff FC in the Champions League, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But are they actually made up of like former police corps and stuff? Really? I think I think it started off as that. It's just like a lot of the teams that started off, like a lot of the Russian yeah. teams, they're Siska, Moscow, and all those. They're the army team. And uh, in Portugal, teams. we have like just tons of teams that were based off of the, like the local factory. Actually, Cruz Azul is um, mm-hmm. a cement yeah. company. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Like, well, that's like uh, Wolfsburg in Germany as well, isn't it? Uh, BW, Volkswagen. Yeah. yeah. And Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. So does that equate to Red Bull, New York? Is that kind of the same thing in your mind? Because um, that well, bothers a lot I of people. Su- I suppose the history books in 100 years' yeah. time will tell you yes. Yeah. You mean RB Leipzig, Leipzig? Or RB Leipzig? Red Bull? And, yeah. Well, uh, Rossing, it's Rossing Ball. Uh, so it means lawn bowling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can't be Because you're not allowed to use the acronym. Yeah. 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 What's the other one? There's RB Leipzig and uh, the one that Jesse March was at. Salzburg. Salzburg. And Jesse March is now at Leipzig. Oh, he moved over to Leipzig a while ago, right? This year. This season. He's the head coach, yeah. I think he was at Red Bulls at one point. I don't mind it. I mean, Red Bulls. He was at at Red Bull New York. Then he went to... He went to Leipzig to be the assistant. Then he went to Salzburg to be the head coach. Now he's at Leipzig as the head coach. Look at him, man. And he came from it's Montreal like back at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal well, Impact great... fired him uh, 10 years ago. There's a great story of uh, him doing his A license. My buddy and him were doing their A license in the U.S. And uh, my buddy had some, his topic was something on the holding midfielder and uh, his role in switching the point of attack. And Jesse was a holding midfielder. I think he had a couple caps with the U.S. national team. So Jesse is playing. He's doing the role perfectly. And my buddy can't get his coaching point across. And he goes up to Jesse. He's like, Jesse, next time the ball goes wide in his ear, run forward, like play out of position. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so he, and Jesse just won't do it. And he's like, Jesse, go forward. Like, so Jesse goes forward and the ball comes in, uh, the ball goes to where Jesse should have been. And he's like, freeze, Jesse, why would you go forward? Why don't you just come here, get the ball and play it this way to the opposite wing and go. And then they're like, all right, good. You got your point. You're done. Jesse, you piece of trash. Like, what are you thinking? All right. So that I, I still 
can't tell. I can't read the room here and see if you guys like the footy flicks or not. It seems like I I love the footy flicks because most movies, like you said, don't do a good job. It may have been a little too long. The cuts may have been a little too much. But on the whole, I think the play was better than most footy movies. And it was comedic, which I enjoyed. So that's why I love this movie. Adam, are you giving it a thumbs up, thumbs down, footy flicks? Oh, thumbs up. I think they're better than some. It doesn't fall into the typical tropes we've seen of I only show the top or the bottom half of the player so you don't have to see them do stuff all the time. It's got comedic stuff. Like the comedy in this stuff is better than some of the stuff we've seen in other movies. Like it's funnier than that bar is low though, man. That's a it's low funnier. bar. Like the comedy stuff in this is funnier than kicking and screaming, which is again, like you just said, low bar. But kicking and screaming this is, is less awful. this is less dumb, funny, and just genuinely funny. Like when Wackett gets kicked in the balls twice, like that's funny. Now Ratchet, sorry, that's funny. Maybe the first time, maybe not the second time. <laughs> The mud yeah. stuff is hilarious when he's diving over, doing cartwheels in the air and saving the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah that stuff's great. You see, my problem with that is because we'd already had that scene where he imagined yeah, beating up the all the problem. players. I couldn't decide. So I couldn't think yeah. in my head, is he actually making these saves or are they all just in his head and really <laughs> yeah. just routine saves? No. But I guess it wasn't because it didn't cut to like gray or yeah. anything. It's, yeah, I was going to say, it's it's monochrome when he's uh, when he's imagining. He's dreaming, dreaming, yeah. yeah. His uh, psychopath vision. Man, uh, so this is going to be one of the few times I think we disagree on this show. I thought this was way too long. Uh, too we could long, have done with sure. half of this. Long, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, then also, by the same token, I really wanted the prison stuff to be over. As I am so over this boring, generic prison story. Yeah, but that doesn't speak well to like, <laughs> let's get to no. the. <laughs> let's skip past this and get right to the soccer match, right? Uh, yeah, I thought it was too long. And I would have loved to have seen maybe half of the stuff that we saw in this. I mean, we didn't need Monk to go crazy three times before apologizing mm. and uh yeah even much, danny's much like turning point moment lasted forever right in oh. deciding whether he was going to throw the game or not and what he just fouled on the at one point line. he's on the floor for like three minutes and it's like yeah we get it he's injured they just need to, to get that 90 minute mark yeah, he sat on the bench for like what seems like an attorney trying to decide what to do yeah and it's like just get up. favorite character in this movie it's gonna be danny dyer billy <sighs> Man. Just because he's funny. So annoying. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I like it, though. Gotta be Bob and Bob. They're the two best. Bob and steal Bob. it. Yep, Bob and Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Bob Likely, which was Jason Fleming. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was my favorite in this movie. Too many funny lines for me to, to not like him. Uh, yeah. Massive was also one of my favorite characters in this movie. Uh, yeah, his yeah. energy. Okay. He played well. Yeah, great character. Mm-hmm. It's ironic. Least favorite character? Least favorite. I didn't see the point of literally, uh, like uh, the Iranian dude. To be honest, I found him funnier than Billy Limpet, though. That's true. He was funnier than Billy Limpet, but there's. Oh yeah, I characters. wonder why he's in the film. He's a comedian. Uh, yeah, Omid, I've seen him in other things. Yeah, Omid uh, Dajali, I think is his name. Um, I think there are just too many minor characters for it that just kind of drug the movie on a bit. But, the cast. Yeah. Okay, sure. so. <laughs> If they were to remake this movie a third time, who would you want in that title role? Or is there anyone who can still pull it off? Or is that whole hard man uh, look a bygone air? Fourth time, you mean? Third time. No, fourth, fourth time? time. Yeah. No, third time. You got Rupert Longest Reynolds? Yard. Longest third. Yard. Oh, this is a remake. Yeah. This okay. movie. Yeah. My you got Longest Yard. Third again. Remake. Okay. This one. So part four. 
Who would do it? Um, We're going back to association football this time. Okay. Yes. Huh. It isn't I hard like Skirtle. J- Skirtle. <laughs> he still playing now? I think he. I think he might have just retired. I don't know. See, I. He, I have no idea. Are you, guys, who are you guys talking about? See, that's, that's like, the he thing, played yeah. for Liverpool. Martin Skirtle, defender. No, yeah, Martin no, Skirtle. No star power for me. Yeah, you gotta have star power. Unless yeah. you got two Slovakia. buddies for no. yeah, see so you know. Perlo. No, not Perlo. Um, what's his name? Uh Katusa. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he's too old at this point. Now he's too old. But right now, who's the hard man? I don't even know. There isn't any really, is there? Do you just get guys who kind of like do the shit housing? Like would you get like Sergio Ramos in there or Pepe? No. I'd I'd say if you are, you have to get Andy Robertson. He's number okay. one in the world right now at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if he's not, he's a close second. So. so the idea that popped in my head halfway through talking about this is we've already had three male versions of it. Women's soccer is on the rise. Let's do a women's version of this. I mean, you have Orange is the New Black, which yeah. is one of my like That's true. favorite yeah. prison dramas. I mean, you have NW- yeah, NWSL. <laughs> uh, women's Champions League is coming to the zone, so it's going to get more exposure. Maybe we get like yeah, women's soccer. Um, we get Christine Sinclair and the Hope Danny. Solo. We get Hope Solo in there. Oh, she fits perfectly. Good shout, man. There you go, man. You call She's it, sh- call it she, she Machine. <laughs> she Machine, and it's the fourth one. She's been to prison already, so she fits right in. No, she has. I don't think I, she was. Think she had that bad. whole drunken uh, fight with her so, boyfriend okay. or whatever. She didn't they steal the team van? They stole the team USA yeah, van. In my also, another thing. Yeah, that was another thing she did. I think she was in uh, jail at least for a couple days. I almost think. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she was. Good job, or maybe maybe a holding cell. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so She Machine starring Hope Solo. I like there it. There you go. All right. Before we rank this movie, I'm going to let you guys know about some number ones at the time. So this came out on Boxing Day 2001. Uh, number one film at the time. Not surprising if you know the era. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh. First in the three. the best movie we've ever had in these uh, little retrospectives. Yeah. Were you guys Lord of the Rings fans at the time? Yeah. yeah. Read the books a couple of times. Went to the cinema. They... One, yeah. I remember I had like one friend in grade five tell me he read the books and he showed it to me and it was like much thicker <laughs> than like a fifth grader would have read. And I was like, <laughs> that's why no you gotta buy them. I so I have the thicker one now, but back then I had them as separate volumes. So as a kid, it made it feel way less intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I did see this one in theaters and it this was one of the first movies where like it led directly into the next one. It left on a cliffhanger where uh, it was a Boromir gets killed in the forest and then it just ends. And we yeah. weren't used to that. It was kind of like, where's the rest of the movie, right? So, it's kind And of even though I guess it had happened before this, but one it like all filmed back to back to back, right? Like it was all planned. Yeah, they filmed all three out. at the same time. Yeah, yeah so, so it's yeah. all coming out years apart because we've already filmed them all. Yeah, an amazing trilogy. I mean, the whole thing was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Hobbit, not so much, uh, but that's a whole other story. Number one song at the time, and I'm so interested to hear your guys' takes on this because neither of you guys are Canadian and you wouldn't have been in Canada at this point. At least I don't think so. Nickelback, How You Remind Me. Oh, <laughs> I was huge in the U.S. I remember that. Huge in the U.S. It was huge in yeah. England as well. So yeah. was it cool? At the time, uh, I guess. <laughs> like, you, they yeah, always kind of been a bit of a joke. Up. It was like cool, but then it became one of those once it was overplayed, everyone thought it was mm. lame. But then but they came out with that... look at this photograph right after. Yeah. And then you look so much better with something in your I think mouth. It's 
strange band. Yeah, this song was huge though in England. It was number one for what felt like ever. Uh, played in clubs and stuff like yeah yeah definitely huge song okay so in gaming this is another interesting one a month earlier david beckham soccer was released familiar with that one no adam has it adam has like every game as part of joy (laughs) pass for goalposts i can't Um, see it do you know what actually i think i have it but i don't have the case for it so i won't be able to see it so you might have it it's a ps2 so it'd be in the jewel case but this is such an interesting time like up until a couple generations ago like any soccer player would have a a a game out yeah there's so many of them ronaldo v football tons of them back then um was there, I think there was like a Roy Keane one in the 90s. Maybe I'm thinking of another yep. player. Was, uh, I just remember Chris Kamara's Street Soccer. Yeah, oh, that's another one. Yeah, like, there's yeah. a whole lot of terrible ones. Yeah, it's straight up. Yeah, so up until a couple generations ago, I'd want yeah. to say, but I guess developing games at that point was much cheaper. You just <laughs> take an engine and slap a skin on it. Yeah. Uh, soccer wise, there was nothing of note. Like I, I scoured everything uh, pretty uneventful and like EPL. The most interesting tidbit that I could find in just like world football was that uh, this was post 9-11. So all of the regular season matches for MLS had been canceled and instead they played a playoff series of the top eight teams, um, which I don't think we've seen anything like that since until COVID, but it's pretty interesting. Well, match day matinee table. Number one, Marvelous. This is the movie we did uh, on our last episode starring Toby Jones. Chris, have you seen that one? No, it's the story of uh, Neil Baldwin, uh, okay. Stoke City Kitman. I think Adam and I would both recommend it. Obviously, it's number mm-hmm. one, so uh, great yeah. movie. Second place, Rudo E. Kersey, which is a Mexican movie. Third place mm-hmm. is Looking for Eric. Uh, Stare, uh, have you yeah. heard of that one? Seen it? Yeah. 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 Okay, perfect. We're moving along. I see here. Fourth place is Soccer Dog, the movie. Above Soccer Dog. <laughs> have you seen it? I listened to your podcast about it, so no, I did not. You need have to see, to see this movie, man. Like, talking about Erie, Pennsylvania, and like random soccer magazines on the shelf. Soccer dog, like soccer dog, could have been playing at the park down the street in Erie. It probably was. Uh, Baggio, the Divine Ponytail, in fifth, and My Summer of De- with Des in sixth spot. Um, I'm going to go first because I think I like this movie less than you guys. I'm putting this after looking for Eric in the third spot. Uh, before Soccer Dog in the existing fourth spot. So this would be number four for me. So after yeah. looking for Eric before Soccer Dog. Um, this I'm more likely to rewatch this movie than Looking for Eric because Eric Looking for Eric was a pretty heavy film. Uh, but I feel, still think it was more... Uh, it, was well, it was well done compared to, to this movie. I'll just I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's not so much of a football movie, which is kind of one of the criteria that we rank on. Uh, so that's the only thing that was keeping me kind of guessing about if I should place it higher than looking for Eric. But uh, Adam, what's your take on this one? I was actually going to say exactly the same. Okay. It's definitely better than Soccer Dog for me. This is a weird one, though. I dis- I guess I found Baggio so bland. Yeah. So much potential. I do- yeah, it's weird. But then I dislike some of parts of this film more than I dislike Baggio in a weird way. It's one of those where I don't understand how soccer dogs are higher than Baggio, but then I also do because Baggio is really boring. So yeah, I think it's no way better than Looking for Eric, no chance. Uh, it's like a way funnier film. Like, yes, it's heavy. There's a film though. You want to talk about a film that has a heavy subject matter, but still very like well-placed humour? 
looking for Eric, it, it all works. Like when they're having like that um, scene where they're most all of it. sat around the psychology and that one guy, like that scene's really funny, but there's a purpose to it. They're trying to um, yeah. self-actualize and help the guy. Uh, yeah, as well as the pub scene where they talk about modern football and the effects yeah, of the uh, city of Manchester. Like, money, yeah. yeah. Like that's funnier than most of Mean Machine. But that most movie completely, are. that movie completely falls apart in the third act though. Suddenly yeah, becomes a high school. Trash yeah. in Richmond's house. Yeah. So Chris, yeah. we're both saying fourth place. Are you going to argue it for I, it to be higher? I agree. Fourth place. Fourth place. Fair enough. Fourth okay. place is fair. Awesome. We are so yet that, to have a guest on that's like adamantly wrong in our rankings, which is good because I don't want to go through that because it's awkward. Well, that's not true because I mean, CPL Wooden Spoon, I don't know if I was going to rank Soccer Dog in fourth automatically, but he sold me on it, man. We were having a good time talking about it. True. A lot of fun. Uh, another movie with laugh. great potential, but it, it performed better than Baggio for me. Uh, so the new match day matinee table is in first place, Marvelous. Second place, Rudo E. Kersey. In third place, Looking for Eric. In fourth place, we have this week's film, Mean Machine. In fifth place, we have Soccer Dog, the movie. In sixth place, we have Bajo, the Divine Ponytail. And in seventh place, My Summer with Des. Good so far? Happy with it. Perfect. Good. Uh, so with that, we've just crossed over the halfway mark of the season. We're now into the second half. Uh, a lot of movies planned for this season. I think we have a Halloween movie set in stone. It's terrible. I don't want to do it, but Adam has we proposed. Got saved. Yeah, Adam this... has proposed a movie called Kick. Sudden Just death. Kick. <laughs> in some markets, it's called Sudden Death. Kick. Okay. Sudden Death. And I'm guessing they had to do that because of the Jean Claude Van Damme film, Sudden Death. Yes. Uh, okay. So Adam has proposed it pretty strongly, but we'll see. Uh, I think we, I might have to give Adam this one. We got to do it. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, look for that one in the future. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the suggestion of Mean Machine. Uh, what are you going to be up to in the near future? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Chris Keen. Pretty easy. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Just cool. say hi there. I, I think check out more than anything else. I think your account is is private, so send him a request. <laughs> yeah, so you have to no, let him know I, how you I found think it. Might actually be public right now. So you're public about the public. I think I might have opened it up for a little bit. I do that once in a while. It's like clear verification. They open up yeah. for a little bit and they close it off again. That's your account. Yeah, I should be verified. I had over a thousand people and very upset. I do not have a blue check, but did you apply? Uh, I tried, but nothing They've happened. Pretty strict, yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm not. I don't have a Wikipedia thing about me so i think that's what you need so you need, whatever. Uh, wikipedia a few articles about yourself or a google mm-hmm. trends profile i think it is yeah probably well my cousin is the famous one i am not the famous one yes he is the, he is the youtube sensation uh drama oh. alert i think is that his show drama alert is his show yes that's such a weird black hole to fall into sometimes key yes. star and um, yes all of those guys hey, hey, or something like that Ethan. i have no clue i've watched yeah. this show like twice <laughs> i'm like once, gosh, yeah, once in a while i fall into the black hole of that and i'm just like and then youtube recommends it for the next year and you're yeah like, i'm good for another five years yeah. i'm good yeah. it's always funny when i have interns yeah and they realize who i am uh, and who he is and they're like wait <laughs> like, you know him I'm like yeah he's my cousin we grew up together and they're like oh my god i'm gonna tell all my college roommates and they're all gonna be nuts and i'm like really is that big of a deal oh it's hilarious it happens every every semester how many so, followers does he have oh, millions 
millions, right? But and he makes he makes he's, money. He's living off YouTube money. Yeah. Well, he, Twitch, YouTube, all those things. TMZ, I think, was trying to hire him for something. I don't even know anymore. We're, we're gonna live off YouTube money one day. I don't mean one day. One day. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're five point seven nine million on YouTube. Jesus, well, subscribers. So yeah. Well, uh, until one we day. live off, until we it live is. off that, that YouTube money, Adam. Where can people find you? <laughs> uh, Joypad goalposts on Twitter and Instagram, putting up videos of how bad Pro Evo is. Don't call Pro Evo Sorry, anymore. Football. Start a Pro Evo jar where every time you say it, you put it in. <laughs> Well, uh, you can find Adam and I on Matchday Matinee on Twitter at Matchday Matinee. Follow us on Instagram as well. And if you are listening on a podcast service, leave us a review on Podchaser, Good Pods, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. If you're watching our videos, leave us a comment, leave us a thumbs up, uh, subscribe, please. Uh, we're trying to get to 500 so we can start doing cooler stuff on YouTube. Uh, and follow us on Twitter. We're trying to get to 442 so we can make a, make a Mike Bassett joke. Uh, but that's <laughs> it for this week. I am Mark Larian. You can find me on Twitter at Mark A3 and on Instagram at A3Football. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Chris. We are so glad to have you this week. Hopefully we'll have you again on the in the near future in person. Uh, that's it. We'll see you soon for a spooky October episode. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Aloha. <laughs> see ya. See ya.